Jacob, how many times are you in the Google Doc? Twice, I think. The answer is four. That's an LCQ. Okay. Brahim Habib to the Kumfuffle Podcast, the only podcast that has a more regular production schedule than LFFF McKay. Um, we're pleased to have. <laughs> this makes no sense. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, New. Uh, we're, we're pleased to have the the first the first grown up on a Kumfuffle episode in history. Um, Jacob Lich, welcome to the episode. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and uh, use that term "grown up" loosely. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to. The only, the, I honestly think that the only things that like qualify you for grown uphood are paying taxes and like paying either rent or mortgage. Everything else, like you could have a child when you're a child. You can like drive a car when you're a child. You can vote when you're a child. You can go to war when you're a child. But if you pay taxes and, and you're p- putting money down for a place to live, I think you're an adult. So you're saying he's not the first adult? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I mean, you're saying we've had exclusively adult guests. Have we? Yeah, we had your cousins. We had your we had your little cousins. My my niece and nephew. Yeah, whatever. Cousins, niece and nephew. Oh, that's that's a Mazel Tov I missed. I have a, I have a new cousin, but not really relevant to this uh, this demo. Uh, so Jacob, we start we start this podcast. Uh, we've got a lot to get into. I, every time over COVID, uh, I'll explain why I guess Jacob's on this podcast. Every time over COVID, um, the Lichts came over to, to join uh, my parents. I would crash um, and, and force the conversation in further and further inappropriate directions, which got uh, better and better um, reactions from Jacob. Uh, and a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of his stories from growing up in Kent Mill uh, felt relevant to this podcast. And, and I think will um, engender some good conversations about the, the true nature of Kent Mill. Uh, but Jacob, before we get to the meat of our podcast, we usually do some good Chavez, good Chavez's, just some, you know, around, around the community type thing. So first off, I want to give a, a big mazel tov, good Chavez, good Chavez to uh, Hootie on getting into uh, grad school in Northwestern, right? Yes. Northwestern PhD program in uh, communication sciences and disorders, which is oh, basically wow. neuroscience. I was about to say that basically sounds like kumfuffle. That's <laughs> <laughs> And also, good Shabbos, good Shabbos to Hootie's former roommate, Naomi Lieberman, whose birthday was last week. Oh, nice. Friend of the pod. Guest of the pod, in, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, LCQ. LCQ is low context quiz. I don't know if that's come up in the past. What What did Joey call your daughter? I think I've mentioned this to you uh, once in the past. What did you, Joey call your daughter in high school? I don't, I'm not even sure. I remember. I have a guess. I honestly don't remember. Joey? Is it sweatshirt? No. Is her name is Hootie? Like a hoodie? <laughs> no, it was and the blowfish. I don't think that's mine. It's probably her Sanders. I think his was sweatshirt. Anyway, not important. Uh, Joey, you also have an LCQ. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about the history of Kemp Mill. Um, so what happened to the original Jack Kemp's mill and when? So that was long even before my time because, like, there, there was actually a sign down on Randolph. Yeah, that uh, my information is from the sign. Okay. So, yeah, so... <laughs> I think it washed away, or I think the how do you industrial wash away, era. How do you wash away a mill? Because they're based on water for power. Aggressive rubbing. So it was like a bad storm or something, or it might have just been like the industrial era that that did it in. Like, so that is. I'll give you partial credit, Tan. Do you have a guess? 
I was going to say it burned down, but I, I, it seems like that is not the direction which I should uh, go. So combined, you guys are correct. Um, not bad. The mill was abandoned um, in 1905 because in the 1800s, uh, milling sort of moved to the Midwest as the capital of, of, of the mill industry. Um, and in 1919, the mill, the mill burned to the ground. From, from uh, you know, no one cared. Right. I guess so, unattended mills burned down to the ground. You know, I wonder if in like 1915 version of uh, Dazed and Confused, instead of the water tower, they had the mill and they like go hang out near the mill. It's like the last freshman who came to this mill, you know what happened to him? <laughs> Died. Well, there are a lot of mills to contend. Like apparently Montgomery County was like a place for milling, right? Yeah. Muncaster Mill, Pliers Mill, lots. Yeah. All the mills. All the- you know, like the equivalent of like, you know, people who belong to KMS, like own mills or something. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be crazy. I, honestly, I didn't even realize how many mills I was aware of in the, in the Montgomery County area, but it seems, it seems I have decent mill knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> to Yona. Oh yeah. Yona got engaged. Jacob came over. We did shots. It was great. Is it bad? I forgot what the Mazda Tatiana was. <laughs> It's kind of funny, honestly. The funniest part of the whole engagement party was when Yona's drunk-ass friends taught Noam how to shotgun a can of seltzer. My mom was pissed. My grandmother was very confused, and Noam thought it was fun, which bodes well for his future. More, more, on, more on shotgunning beers later, by the way. Mazel's uh, two friends of the podcast, uh, Tishul and Vner, on their upcoming nuptials. Um, Joey, you're invited to each of those weddings, right? Um, I have much nachos in my life. Jacob, what's your uh, craziest um, attending a wedding story? Definitely not my own. That makes <laughs> sense. You had other things to attend to. I honestly, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, places where I just like, I don't know, like got like shit faced or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was what I was hoping <laughs> you would tell me about. <laughs> I was hoping you got shit faced like I did at Gavi Adler's wedding, and like, scr- like at that wedding, I screamed "Hit it harder, bitches!" while holding a pinata near Jack Beeler. <laughs> Where'd you get a pinata? Me and my mom brought tons of shtick. I lit a hat on fire at that wedding. I brought a pinata. Sarah, after I told Sarah to hit it harder, bitches, she took the bat and it hit me so hard and it hit my thumb. I had a bruise for weeks. I have actually um, related to Gavi's wedding in Ilui Nishmat. Um, oh yeah. Like all the Wheaton Boys and Girls Club shirts, um, I took one home with me, like a Wheaton umpire shirt, but it got ratty, so I had to throw it out this week. So Dang, that, that was my shirt. shirt um, <laughs> the Wheaton Boys. That's tough. I was wow. pretty happy I was able to deal a, with it successfully, but I did have a crazy time, but it wasn't like in the the Frum community. So Panina was a, a a best woman at two uh, female friends of hers who got married and we went up to Boston to the wedding and it happened to be during the NHL playoffs. And so like the caps were playing that night. And so we were kind of partying at the wedding and then me and one other guy were really concerned about the playoffs. So we were like going up and downstairs to the bar, like the hotel bar because they had the game on and it ended up going to overtime. And, you know, we were like, Fortunately, the ceremony was done, so we were just, like, missing dancing and eating. But it was just, like, back and forth until, like, Backstrom scored in overtime, and then we went back to the wedding. So Sounds appropriate. Okay, so 
let's start here. You, before we even get to your Kemp Millhood, um, you and I have had some funny conversations about fantasy sports. And I forget if you only play baseball, if you play football too, but, but fantasy is fantasy. And so I, I guess to start here, you frequently toe the line between appropriate and not so appropriate teams. So I'm curious, what is the most inappropriate fantasy team name that you're willing to share on like a completely uh, public podcast platform? It's my, uh, I only do baseball. And How I started doing I don't know, like five or six years ago. Oh, okay. So You're I, not like in the old dice rolling fancy baseball days. Right. No, I, I, I only, I'm pretty recent to it. Yeah. You know, it, definitely in the internet era with the, the benefit of like, you know, Yahoo's statistics. But my brother in law has been doing it for years, like, you know, since the dice rolling and <laughs> since the days of the actual mill. That's right. And so I called him. When I started, I said, you know, I'm, for some reason I'm doing this. Um, what's your advice? And he said, look, the only thing that matters is that you have a good team name. And, you know, the rest you can figure out. And so it's a, it's a league of like KMS people. It's like, you know, David Makovsky is in it. And back originally like uh, Joey Turrets and Ari Pinchot were in it, but they've dropped out. So it's always like 10 people. and They have a Meshbacha league. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm definitely not uh, worthy of that. <laughs> Neither are we. That's what makes it fun. Right. So I, I figured since it's like an incredibly Jewy thing, since it's like a league with people from my show, that I needed a really Jewy but kind of offensive and a little bit baseball name. That's our wheelhouse. Okay, so what I did was I figured I always like Dallas Keuchel's name because, you know, he's like not a Jew, but he's a Kike. So right. <laughs> I always like that. And then uh, at the time, I think before he started abusing his wife, um, <laughs> Eurus Familia was like all the rage. And his first name is basically Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> so I call my team another Eurus Keuchel. Because I'm just another Jewish kike. So <laughs> I think you're also overestimating how much Yuris sounds like Jewish. <laughs> totally. It's like it's like a reading error. <laughs> a reading error, a pronunciation error, like a cultural error, but I applaud I applaud the effort. Joey Joey I is our... of a change recently because I was thinking of, you know, shout out to Enrique Hernandez. So right, that's a, yeah, like that's an easy one. Kike Keichel. <laughs> and drop the euros but or i could just be totally cryptic and be enrique dallas oh. <laughs> it is good cooks anti-semitism is frowned upon nowadays yeah yona yona's really into like uh um law firm names and so you could do uh enrique dallas classic law firm <laughs> which is uh, a a very subtle jewish joke but I like it. I like it. And have you ever won your league? Are you just like a here for the hang kind of fantasy player? I'm an always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Like I've come in. So there's like the Newman of his league. Well, I'm not in the cellar. Well, Newman's not always a bridesmaid. Newman's always a wedding guest. <laughs> that is true. So like I've never finished like top one or two. Like basically the way a league works is like top three at the end of the season, get money. And then there's playoffs and I'm consistently like, you know, silver or bronze in the playoffs. 
And like, you know, one year it was like Air of Rosh Hashanah and I was in the finals and I was like so close. It was because it was a Sunday night Rosh Hashanah, I think. Nabach. Like all day Sunday I was winning and then I was like watching and then I went to Shul and I think I was playing against Joey. And when I got to Shul, he's like, oh, congratulations, man, you won. I'm like, actually, you went to Shul too early because <laughs> like one of his guys got like a double or something. And, you know, he ended Nebuch. up. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough spot. Honestly, our, uh, the, the truth is the, the, the best comparison in our league is Jason Carden. He, for like three years, was kind of in that role, had a very good team. And he won his cha- first championship this past year. So maybe there is indeed hope for you. I like to think so. I mean, for me, it's just fun with statistics. Yeah. I always said that I like baseball more than I like an individual team. And like fantasy is the perfect manifestation of that because it's like you can't get too caught up on individual teams or individual players. It's like you might draft someone who's on a team that you absolutely hate. Maybe not. Maybe not in our league. Okay. <laughs> I, I have no emotion about this. Do you have no emotion about anything? Several children. <laughs> you should hear the way he talks about his family's dog. Oh yeah, that's just like a footstool or something. <laughs> so um, often when we have, um, oh go ahead. What's the entry fee for a KMS baseball league? Fifty dollars. Fifty. Yeah. Solid league. Okay. Uh, honestly, that's that's evidence that that we are adults because most of our leagues they want to do fifty dollar buy in. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I was thinking like when we were talking about if he's the first adult, like really, like how is he more of an adult than Gavi at this point? Or Matthew Kritz. <laughs> right. I I paid, you know, college tuition. So. Um last question before before we hit the ad break and uh and then and then dive into the meat of it. Um what what percentile league would you say is a league that has a regular podcast, a trophy? A Slack channel with about twenty active channels. Would you say, Joey? I don't know. We're uh, going I'm into not the self-congratulatory stuff. You are, but we're, 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 we're what year are we entering? Year nine. Yeah, year nine. We have keepers, and um, what are the things? Is that all that matters? Well, I'm trying to run the same question we ran by Shraggy B to to Mr. Lift over here. Was there anything else I'm missing? We have uh, That's apparel. Next level. Oh yeah, we do have apparel. Where's my keychain? Oh, I don't have it here. A uh, keychain. Joey's not wearing a sweatshirt, but we have sweatshirt. I don't have my keychain. No, we're like I don't know, double A farm ball compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we have like Yahoo Sports, and that's about it. So hey, we have a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh yeah, we have spreadsheet. We have a side quest. Yeah, we also have Yahoo Sports though. So so in in that way, with um good um good team names, Yahoo. The fact that it is fantasy, we do share some things. And Kent Mill, of course, which is um, a very important. One year, we do theme team names every year. One year, it was just Kent Mill Streets. There's some really good ones. TJ Yateman was a good one. Um, Ha-ha Clintwood Dix. Yeah, Ha-Ha Clintwood Dix was a really good one. That, that was, what, a top 10 name all time in our list? Yeah, I don't have a queue to open, but I think so. We did, we did an episode like that, or maybe just a segment. Um, Okay, Joey, do you want me to play the ad for everybody? This summer, take a trip to Ye Old Kent Mill. Spin a yarn with our local old-timer resident, the esteemed and venerable Jacob Licht, as he regales Taurus with tales of yore of his idyllic childhood chasing the local deer with his handmade spears. 
visit the haunted abandoned temple of Shomrei Amuna, which for a brief period in the 1710s was the only American synagogue to allow female congregants, before they were deemed to be witches three weeks later. Witness history with our daily reenactments of the great Civil War battle between the northern aggressors from Veers Mill and our own Kent Mill patriots. Ye old Kent Mill is a great place for the entire family where the children visitors love to... I don't know, what do, what do kids do? They run around and scream, right? Yeah, they can do that here. Sure, who cares? So come to Ye old Kent Mill today. <laughs> I like it, because it actually goes in the direction I was thinking. Oh yeah, take us there, please. Take the oh, well, well, it, it kind of skips over some of the things on your mind, but like the whole, like when I think of growing up in Kent Mill, it was like Tom Sawyer without like Mark Twain's racism. <laughs> it was it was Kemp's mill. It was uh, what, Jeremy Kemp, Jack Kemp, Jack Kemp's racism. Oh well, no, I'm just thinking like Tom Sawyer. And, well, you know. this is actually something I am a little bit curious about. So in the inscription on Randolph, um, it says it starts in 1794. Map of Maryland indicates a mill at the site owned by Quaker minister and political activist Evan Thomas. Um who was the original owner of Kemp's Mill, and eventually he sells the the guy who sells it to Kemp. But a 1794 political activist, I just wonder, he's a Quaker, so maybe like, I'm willing to believe Quakers were anti-slavery. I just want to know um, what he was being an activist for. Because <laughs> they, they just leave it out there. He's an activist. Right. Don't ask it's him a, you know, like Not enough of an activist to like be like Ebrook Lee and have your name taken off of school. It's like, Ebrook Lee was taken off of school? They, uh, not, yeah, um, it's being changed. They're, they're like building a new school and they decided that like whoever Colonel What did Ebrook Lee do? I think he was like... Oh, he has to uh, sign that all, all um, Lees are bad? He's a World War One. He's not even... No, I think he was like some county official who apparently in hindsight was like abyssal racist and he was into like restrictive covenants and stuff. You hate to see it. They're stripping the school of his name, and I, I think they're renaming it for some, you know. Yeah, they're renaming it for the sledding hill that they torn down. Louis Nishmat, the sledding hill behind. We, we you know, Ivan Rasuli always used to joke that um, Jacoby Ellsbury uh, did well in Yankee Stadium, uh, of course, until he became a Yankee, because uh, Yankee Stadium was built on ancient Native American burial grounds, and Jacoby Ellsbury was Native American. And and uh, much much in that vein, Though, in hindsight, maybe I'm wondering if that's off color as well. I don't know. High school us was different. Brooklyn bought a lot of land to segregate people of, quote, African descent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Until the Supreme Court um, said it was unenforceable in 1948. So shout out, E. Brooklyn. Shout at Robert E. Lee. All the E. Lees are bad in my book. All the Lees, yes. I'll, I'll say then that it should be named Sledding Hill Elementary. I think that's really cool. That would be really cool. Objectively cool. I'm sorry, we cut you off. What were we in the middle of? I, I don't even remember. We're talking about his childhood and you're talking about milk. Tom Sawyer, racism. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for me, like growing up here, it was like you know you like explore the woods and the streams, and you know it's like you can be nature boy, and like that's what we did. And like actually, Tony, your neighborhood didn't exist, and my neighborhood didn't exist. So, like I'm on Yateman, and it was all forests, and they were all built by developers like when i was i don't know a teenager was there like a classic like place in the woods where there was just like a couch and people hung out there there weren't couches but there hey, were wait, why would you even think that there'd be a couch in the woods 
It's like a movie trope. I don't know. You're the movie guy. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a thing in a movie. The deer would destroy it. There, I don't remember smart. as many deer. I don't. They were definitely here, but I think they like. I don't, I don't know. know. Even I've only them. lived in Kent Mill from 2006, but they've gotten more confident recently. Oh yeah. <laughs> like oh, they, they, used to, they, they used to be afraid. Going to hurt them. They know the property value is going up. It doesn't matter. We just gotta unleash some wolves. You know, let them duke it out. That doesn't sound smart. Let people hunt. Well, and there's too many wolves, and you bring in a couple <laughs> lions. <laughs> Joey, didn't you shoot a, a bow and arrow at a deer one time in your yard? No, it was. Um, do you know where my family lives? Yeah, down on the, the whatever. So apparently, farm. it's a Montgomery County law that if you have like a certain amount of um, land, you are allowed to shoot a deer with a crossbow. And so we move into our house, and my dad gets there, and he just sees this stranger, um, like sitting in a tree in our backyard with a crossbow, just like hunting deer because the the previous residents never like they the previous residents um sort of. They had a symbiotic relationship where the guy got to keep the deer and like that also kept the deer from eating up all their stuff. Um, but they never told him he moved. They moved. So um, <laughs> so my dad just gets Actually, home one day and sees a man with a crossbow on a tree and says, um, like, can I help yeah, you? Yeah, there's like a set of rules. A guy I used to work with, he's like a serious bow hunter. And he and a bunch of hunting buddies, like they do this in Montgomery County. And I feel like you can... any bow hunter is serious. It's not something... <laughs> They just dabble in. <laughs> but but he's like, I mean, he's a total like Florida, Georgia guy and, you know, very kind of country bumpkin. And he's been hunting forever, but he lives in the Kentlands. And so apparently after one of his hunting trips, he brought a deer home and he like in the back of his pickup truck in his front yard started like dressing it. And his wife was like, Sean, you have to bring it to the backyard. We live in the Kentlands. You can't do that here. <laughs> what is the Kentlands? I don't even it's know. It's a fancy is. neighborhood up in Gaithersburg. Oh, oh, it's like here. Yeah, yeah. You oh, man, Florida. the Florida, the Florida Georgia nexus, one of the trashiest places in in the, the the east of the U.S. And I learned that working in college sports when they were telling me about all the crazy shit that happens at Florida Georgia games, and they were just telling me about like recruiting stuff in that area. Absolutely not. So yeah, this this totally checks out. Yeah, so he and his hunting buddies, like you, apparently you can, if you get permission, I think, I don't know if it's 100 yards, 150 yards or something, from everybody within that radius of your deer stand, you can actually like hunt in Montgomery County. And so he and his hunting buddies have like areas in Potomac where he said one, one season they like killed 60 deer. I just feel like it's like um, what's uh, shooting fish in a barrel in our area. Shooting deer? But nobody would give permission. I mean, I guess your parents could because they probably are the only ones, you know, within a radius. But anywhere else in the neighborhood, even like back on Stonington, you'd need like five or six, you know, houses permission. And there's definitely a Bambi lover somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Those Bambi lovers. Shout at the Bambi lovers. Like in general, my rule of thumb is if there is an animal that can beat any human being in hand-to-hand combat and is a a bear. It's a bear. bear. We need a bear. A bear is one of many animals. uh, uh, I see. There are several animals. An elephant, a whale, a shark. (laughs) Anyway, um, if you're an animal. Sharks don't have hands. There's no such thing as Go on. If you're an animal that could beat a human one on one in a fight, and you're an you herbal, think all deer, you think all deer, certainly all, certainly all bucks. 
You think that? It's honey. They could easily just jump 10 feet in the air from like a standing start. And they have those antlers. They could, they could destroy a person easily. And they're herbivores, they herbivores by choice. Like they run away from puppies. They run away from, maybe they, they honestly might run away from rabbits. Right. And like, I just stand your ground. Be like, have some self-respect. Why are you doing all this fleeing? Right. They just can't stand up to cars. They certainly run away from foxes. Right. Like, come on. What's a fox weigh? Like eight pounds. Are we officially an anti-deer podcast? I'm fine with that. I'm just, I don't respect the deer. I don't hate deer. I'm not going to hate any any creature on this earth. I just I don't don't you don't hate the cicadas? Dogs. I don't hate the cicadas. <laughs> the cicadas, I envy the cicadas. They sleep for 17 years, come up and mate. Come on. Uh, and die. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that is that is a species that has no, no scavenging. <laughs> No scabbing. We're doing scabbing. That's why they make all that noise. Is it the? Is that is scabbing? Is scavenging for smooches, Jacob? Um, um, uh, 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 um, a topic that my my dad brought up o- over Thanksgiving one year because he was like, "So, Tanya, I hear you've been scabbing." <laughs> that is not a term from my youth. That must have been like a Boston it's a, thing. It's a confuffle term. It's 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 a half confuffle, half Ernst and Young thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, just Tony, if you wanna if you wanna get some smooches, make the cicada call. Jeez, but come running. Get <laughs> some peacock feathers. Is- Honestly, just adopt everything from the animal kingdom. All the impressive uh, animal <laughs> wooing with mechanism. Yeah, I mean, more on this later. But I have a date tomorrow. Maybe I should like wear my uh, closest to peacock feathers outfit. Peacocking is definitely a term that exists. So like, yeah, I, don't I know. know. Damn. Jacob, I want to hear the beer story. I want to hear the beer story. The beer story, absolutely. So I, I guess I can preface it with kind of drinking growing up here. And it was a thing, but it wasn't like we weren't like serious. Like no one was getting blackout drunk, but like you weren't like the deer hunters. Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody in in our time who like got really. Oh, that's not true. I guess the kids two years younger than us a couple times. Uh, got pretty handy. You also have to remember, he grew up on a farm. You know, <laughs> he grew up in like the Kemp's Mill. Like it's true. Like, you see that? You see that? Uh, down uh, moonshine, like the two hundred proof moonshine. Oh, sorry, the wilds of Sisson Street. Do you see the? Uh, do you see the? Um, the the graph going around about like uh, drinking and all these Wisconsin people are like. This math is inaccurate. Just because we're not sober enough to report all of our drinking doesn't mean we're not doing it. <laughs> That's Kemp Mill. Not to my no, we in high, high school. Like, like uh, me and Nathan would go over to Abby Duman on Friday night and take like one one shot of vodka and be like, I guess we should walk home now just in case. So my my friends and I, we like our thing was we would go to Hashkama at Young Israel because my friends, one of his my friend's father's was a gabai and we would go there and they were like the only minion in Kent Mill that actually had a kiddish because it was cheap because there weren't a lot of people there, but like main minion, there was never a kiddish at, at Shomer. Nebuch. And yeah, it was sad. So I we would say like, Nebuch about um, a show not giving alcohol to 14 year olds. So yeah. So we would go to kiddish <laughs> and there was like some older guy I won't say his name, who like thought it was hilarious to like give us all shots of Jack Daniels. So we drink Jack Daniels. And it was like a thing. And then we'd go to my friend Jeff's house and eat Entenmann's. That was like Shabbos morning. 
Okay. Because you know, like Edmonton had nice. just become kosher and it was like a big deal. And like that was like, you know, that was Shabbos. It's been a while since like a groundbreaking, like I think the last one was like Milky Way became kosher. Like that's the last like groundbreaking. Oh, there's Skittles and Gatorade. No, there's been some. I'm that's sorry. Uh, 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 string cheese that you can buy at any grocery store. Oh, that's true. That's big. That's a big one. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, drinking was a thing. And then in high school, one of our buddies, um, this is, like, contemporaneous with Nuthouse. There was another pizza place right around the corner called the Jaffa Gate. And it was like in the basement of a building. And unlike Nuthouse, Jaffa Gate had an alcohol license. But they wouldn't sell to anyone underage. But one of my friends worked there and he had a key. So this just tells you like just how kind of nerdy we were. Like I tell my kids that I was like mischievous, but not malicious. It's like, you know, I wasn't a jerk. I wasn't like doing horrible things. We just like, like we like to, you know, have fun and whatever, but it was pretty clean. So we would go there with my friend Joe after hours and we'd like raid the fridge, but we were like such kosher boys. We'd leave money in the cash register. Oh no. So we'd like, you know, <laughs> get a six pack of low and brow, but we'd leave the money in the register. So it's like, we weren't stealing. We were just, you know, underage drinking <laughs> and so we'd you know go to people's houses or whatever but it was never like you know serious so the the story we had our that's even th- that kind of drinking honestly i'd even encourage for my children if they were going to drink like that i would say good for you go to the basement like, there was no driving involved it was just all very just you know kind of clean and you know i don't think any of our parents knew what was going on but it's just like it was a way to have fun. And um, so my senior year, we had our end of year, like high school retreat. And it was down in Virginia on some place near King's Dominion. And so my friends and I, we all were like, okay, we got to make sure we you know, bring something to drink. But we're all like, okay, how do we do this? So we all each just like, you know, six pack here, six pack there. And, you know, kind of raid your parents' fridge or whatever. So, like, everybody had, like, a couple of beers in their in their bags. And we got there, and we're like, okay, we got to keep this cold. So we had brought, you know, as a school, we brought, like, a bunch of coolers with our food. So we took a cooler to our bunk, and we got a bunch of ice. So we had, like, a cooler with, like, I don't know, 50, 60 beers in it or whatever. It was, like, what everybody had brought. And at the beginning of the retreat the guy who owned the campground like gave us a whole like you know put the fear of god into us talk and he's like i don't want any messing around in the woods i look at the garbage cans to you know make sure what's in there you know it's like i'm tracking your every move and we just ignored it and so you know friday night we were drinking you know saturday night probably we were drinking and then um we had a problem because we had all these empties and we're like, okay, the guy told us that he like looks in the garbage. So like, what do we do? Like bring our empties home with us. And then we also had a bunch of beer that we hadn't consumed. And then Rabbi Elchel came up to me probably after Shabbos and cause I was student council president and he's like, Jacob, it's come to my attention that there's drinking happening here. 
and you have to do something about it because otherwise we're just gonna go home and not go to we're like going to king's dominion the next day and he's like I also like that he, end this. i like that he treated student council president like it actually made you the leader <laughs> right it's like i yeah like i can actually do something and i'm like oh man that's pretty serious uh you know I'll, i i can look into that and so like i went back to my my friends and i'm like oh this is not a good situation and so we strategize and we're like you know what if we go to him or send you <laughs> and you know so so what i ended up doing was going to rabbi Ulch, back to rabbi Ulch and saying you know what rabbi Ulch, it turns out you're right there was drinking <laughs> and uh and there's only like and, what like it's like 12 kids in your class like well, it was all high school on the retreat. Okay. But yes, there were four, hey, 14. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you don't, you know, that's like. And was yeah, it like seven, seven, seven boy, girl? Uh, no, I think a bunch of the girls left for senior year because they like went early admissions to college or went to Israel early. Right, we have the same so, thing going on. Seems to be a systemic problem. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, <laughs> I said, I said to Rabbi Elcho, it's like, yeah, it turns out that yes, there, there was drinking. And I've got an agreement from the people who were involved that they will, you know, through me, turn over all of the remaining alcohol and all of the empty cans. Um, but in exchange, I can't disclose their identities. <laughs> so basically, we solved our disposal problem. And... For some reason, he agreed to it. So basically, <laughs> I came to him with like two like heavy-duty garbage bags, one with like 50 empties and the other with like 20 un unopened beers. And, and like, like I was staying in a cabin with these eight guys, but somehow I did not notice it. <laughs> I didn't even tell him where I got it. I'm just like, yo, it could have been juniors. It could have been sophomores. It could have been a bear. It was a dead it was a dead drop situation. I spoke with someone, they spoke with someone else, and next thing I know, these garbage bags were waiting for me in an undisclosed location where the owner of the property had no idea how he could he didn't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the key here. Yeah, so it was like, you know, the it was it was pretty sweet. And this is brilliant. <laughs> and obviously something you could not get away with now, which is a shame. Oh yeah, probably not. First of all, because like half the people who are drinking would be like Snapchatting about it or something. <laughs> it is true. One of my favorite parts. One of my favorite parts about Hebrew Academy Shabbatones was watching all the kids just like blatantly break Shabbos in front of the people who were trying to convince them to keep Shabbos. I always enjoyed that. Or like when we were seniors and juniors, like watching the kids uh, in our year, year, year above us or whatever, use their lunch break to like go eat not kosher and then come back with like Subway still on their breath, be like, "Yo, Rabbi, what's going on, bud?" Is someone supposed to be able to detect a like a meatball sub on someone's breath? There is such a strong scent of Subway. Don't even pretend you don't know exactly what it smells like. Fuck off. I literally don't know. Walk by a Subway. One summer, I was at Mosheba and there was like a scandal. I think it was like my Mahal year. And there was like a big scandal because a bunch of us, I'm sorry, a bunch of people, which may or may not have included me, were eating on Tishabab. And we were like, eating candy and all this stuff. And they like brought all of us into a room and they're like, this is bad. You can't do this. This is horrible. And then they're like, and we're going to call your high school principals and tell them who was doing this. And all I could think of was like, uh, 
okay, who cares? It's like, you call Rabbi Elchel, you tell him I was eating on Tisha B'Av, and he'll be like, okay, that's Jacob. <laughs> so, so, but apparently for like kids in New York yeshivas, it's like, if your you know, principal heard that, apparently there was like hell to pay or consequences or something. But, you know, we lived in like, you know, bumblefuck Kent Mill. So, you know, like nobody cared. <laughs> it's a Jewish council culture. I don't know if it's like a, a modern Orthodox day school thing, but a large percentage of how they keep like kids in line is just like convincing them that rules matter that like absolutely don't matter. Like, okay, you're going to tell them that I ate on Tishabov, like, and then what? But they do a good right. job convincing you that like your teacher knowing that will have negative consequences for you. Right. So, you know, apparently it worked for other people, but, you know. <laughs> you hate to see it, honestly. People, honestly, what that says to me is that these, these people, parents, don't, like, talk to them about stuff openly. Because, like, the parents who, like, are sarcastic and joke around with their kids understand real consequences and not real consequences... Even so, it's, 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 it's pretty much just like um, when Rav Lapion saw you at Hershey Park. Oh, it's true. Jacob, do you know about this? No. The, in 11th grade, my Gemara teacher, the Kolo Rabbi, saw me at Hershey Park over Jude making out with my then-girlfriend um, <laughs> and like called in my parents for a meeting with him and Avi Levitt. And they claimed that they were talking about the fact that like I was disrespectful in class. But we all know like I was disrespectful in class the whole year. And they had that meeting. They they had that (laughs) before eighth period, during eighth period. I was always disrespectful in class, and uh, um, they only had that meeting after Sukkot. So, (laughs) you tell me why they had that meeting. (laughs) But he but he like didn't have the guts to actually tell your parents why. No, 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 everyone knew. Everyone knew. But he never talked to me about it. I mean, the, the whole thing was ridiculous. But the best part about it was that they had the meeting with Rabbi Levitt during class. So, like, in the time when he was supposed to be lecturing us, he just went to have this meeting with Avi Levitt, my parents. And <laughs> this is actually so funny. Ezra Newman comes up to me in the middle of this. And I'm, like, kind of annoyed and peeved about this whole thing. He's like, you know, Tani, I don't really agree with your choice to make out with Lila. But I do appreciate your parents standing up for our right to make out with people if we want. Not that I ever am, not that I ever could, but I appreciate it from your parents all the same. This is the Kumpufu podcast, the most wholesome podcast in the universe. Joey's very what's wholesome these days. Um, is there anybody until, until who, this like old Kemil degenerate showed up? <laughs> yeah. So besides you, is there anybody who's like from these days or like perfectly normal who used to be a degenerate? Or vice versa, I guess. Who is now a degenerate, but used to be a very respectful person. I can't think of like, you know, people who've kind of, you know, gone gone off, or what? I I don't know. I don't care about the I don't care about the derech. I want to find out that someone's like a criminal. Oh, the only criminal was my high school principal. That's PFT. <laughs> That is a that is a that is a good transla- transition. If you want to go, yeah, right but he wasn't it. Jewish. <laughs> also, it doesn't matter, I guess. No, I'll, I'll I'll get to that. But like, you know, I don't know. When I think about the, there weren't like true degenerates. It's like the people who were like upstanding people then or upstanding people now. Like Ari Israel. Like you know, he, he I mean, he went to the yeshiva because he went he's to from Rochester. Yeshiva. Sorry, I thought he's from Rochester. No, he grew up here. On like uh, what South Belgrade? Okay. 
South Belgrade is pretty cunt mill. We might need to pull the episode for mentioning a, a Mishpacha member, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, but like, you know, he's like an upstanding guy and he was an upstanding guy then. And like, you know, Joe and I were Raven. Like they were like good people then. And they're like, you know, upstanding people now. And like, honey stands are Raven. Sorry. <laughs> honey stands are Raven. I do. I do. I definitely stand Ira Evan harder than I stand the NPR people, Joey. Not that, not that this is a conversation we have with Jacob, but <laughs> um, no. But I'm just fair. like, I, I mean, the one like degenerate wasn't the Kent Mill guy, and he was expelled from school. I'm pretty sure for dealing drugs. But like, what kind of drugs? Like, as long as it's not cocaine. Well, I don't know. He once offered me a pill, but I, I was too oblivious. And he's like, "Oh, you should take this. It really helps you like stay awake and you know be alert." And I was just like totally oblivious. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't need anything to help me. Like when I'm tired, I go to sleep. <laughs> like I, I was just so clueless. Um, but then like the next year, he didn't show up to school and ended up at JDS. And, you know, the rumor was it was because of like drugs and stuff. And then he like totally like flipped out. And last I heard, he was like, you know, some like Haredi dude in Israel. So Kendall's always been nebbish. Like we need to get like an Ida Crown kid. <laughs> or like an MTA kid to talk about talk about things like what happened there in the 80s. Yeah, yeah we'll and honestly, get... maybe it was happening and I was just so oblivious. I... I find it hard to believe. You said there were like four kids in your grade. How could you not know? Yeah, it's like, I just don't think there was like, you know, serious like drugs and crime and, you know, we like, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting, but I think we were all just kind of mischievous and not like particularly bad people but like i don't know if you ask like the people like i don't know six seven years younger than me it's like you know motion Aton titlebaum and Gotti rosemary and david price it's like that whole like they're you know younger than enough younger than me that like none of us were in high school at the same time and i think things got a bit crazier you know a little bit after all the people on this podcast just missed a very wild era at Hebrew Academy is what you're telling me. Because like the Aftelier is right before us. There were like kids who like would bring mopeds and like use them in the hallway. <laughs> that the people who were seniors when we were fresh would, would, would regale me with stories from all the like, honestly, it like looked like a stereotype of like a, a um, like a cafeteria out of control from like a cartoon is what they described uh, from the Aftelier's. Yeah, I think things got way out of like, you know, you hear the stories about like the flaming bag of shit on his doorstep and stuff. It's like people never did that in my era. You know, it was like fairly clean fun. But like uh, I, I had right. a okay. I had a really close friend in high school who lived in Miami. And like oh, one year story. I went down for winter break to and it was it was when I was sixteen, because it was like all the floor, all the Miami girls were having sweet 16 parties. And I'm like, wow, we don't do that where I'm from. And so like every night it was like a different fancy party with like DJs or magicians at someone's house. And, you know, my friend was, you know, you know, he moved in fast circles. So there was like drinking and whatnot, but his parents were super strict and they're like, I don't care what you do at night. I don't care how late you get home. You have to go to minion in the morning. So like he and I like dragged ourselves out of bed and went to Minion every morning. Well, it turns out Rabbi Millen, who was like, I don't think he was principal anymore, but he was like a teacher in the high school. And, you know, one of my rebellion, 
he was visiting like one of his kids who lived in Miami and he went to Minion at the same place where my friend and I dragged ourselves. So he came back from vacation like, oh, I'm so proud of Jacob. <laughs> I saw him every day at Minion on vacation. And I'm like, after the debauchery of the night before, but, <laughs> but I, I didn't say, I just wrote, I just kind of rolled with it. I'm like, yes, Robert Millen, I went to Minion every day. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like talking to all the other teachers, like, oh, I'm so proud he was there. I'm like, let's, let's make that the story. <laughs> Like at Shahers and Tisha Buffy brought a bagel, but like that's right. Right there. <laughs> that's right. Oh, like, so from he also eats on Tisha Buffy. <laughs> oh man. The first time the first time someone like at Maryland told me that like or honestly the the first time at Hebrew Academy, I was like friends with one of the seniors as a freshman. And Avi Kotlicky tells me you know, dude, and he was like always at Minion, like he put on his tefillin on time, like he was a decent, you know, he wasn't particularly religious, but he did the things, and he's telling me that the weekend before, he went to Florida, probably Miami, and like woke up one morning with like two girls naked next to him, and I was like, what? That's a thing that happens in the real world? And he was like, yeah, but the rabbis think I'm a good kid, because I just show up here and don't make trouble and put on my tefillin, and then like I get to college, and somebody tells me that like, you know it's always fun when you see the Gabai doing the walk of shame or when you see the president of Kedma, you know that they're sleeping with someone because they're sleeping with me. And so I can tell you for a fact that this and that Kedma president was, you know, having sex and then going and, and, and being in charge of that. And it's just like, I like that. I think that's good fun. Okay, but Ty, just like if a high school senior tells a freshman he woke up naked next to two girls, you understand he's lying. I believe him I, to this day. I still believe him. But it becomes truth in college. Yeah. No, I be, honestly, I, I truly, I seen that guy on NCSY Shabbatones like make out with a bunch of people. I truly believed it. I mean, listen, <laughs> if, the, if the myth is better than the truth, print the myth. I, <laughs> Joey, you know, not on every podcast I do can I embrace that, but on the Confuful podcast, you damn better believe I'm going to embrace that because then all my other journalist stuff, I have to do this whole truth thing. The myth, is, the myth is way more fun. The myth of the lost Prince of Ketmil. Now that's a story. That's a story. Jacob comes on the pod. The, the, Jacob comes on the podcast. He tells us, you know, we, we were fine guys. We had beer. We had bow. It's nothing special. No, no, no. You know, nobody fell down the water tower. There wasn't any. Uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey didn't show up. There wasn't anybody like creeping on our freshman. It was just like, okay, it was fine. It was, yeah, it was the time. But the myth of the lost Prince of Ketmil. Now that's something I can embrace. Oh my goodness. So I actually found a picture when we moved back here, Sharon, Alt so Rabbi Ultra was still here and Sharon Ultra like came up to me and she's like, you know, I have a picture that I think you'll really like. And so she gives me this picture from one of their kids, Brisses, which was at the Hebrew Academy. And, you know, let me, it's me and another, so I must've been in like 10th grade and we're holding like, bottles of whiskey i see and this three is handles. like at school at their kids at their kids bris so, <laughs> and they're like handles it's like that that there's like you know this isn't like you know a fifth of, of jack this is like serious i don't think anyone from school drank but like this is what you did when you were like 
the principal of the school and you had a baby and you had a bris at the school. It's like, of course. Oh, you hand out every kid a handle for you, a handle for you. <laughs> you get a handle. You get a exactly. Handle. You got blue label. You win special prize. <laughs> seems like uh, seems like Rabbi Alshul didn't understand the concept of what's an appropriate and not appropriate amount of uh, alcohol for students to have either. I like to think that we had Alshul 1.0, and when he came back, he was like, you know. Ultra 2.0 and he was like, you know, older and smarter and whatever. And like, you know, ran a very different school. But he had been through like, some stuff. Yeah. Like it was a very Hefker place when I was growing up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like the mill. That's right. It's a tradition in our area. So, um, I, I'm just about out of out of stuff here. Joe, you got anything before we head out? We're we not talking about the principal. We're we not talking about second. Oh yeah, yeah. We, okay, okay, fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. We should. Okay, talk about so the my senior year, um, it was like January, February time frame. Um, the secular principal of the high school ended up uh, like basically being arrested, but then he fled, and when he fled all this stuff came out about him that he had like faked his death like 20 years earlier and gotten like a new social security number. And it turns out that he was a bit of a pedophile. Um, but he kind of, I mean, it's like a horrible thing to say, but he didn't like mix business and pleasure. So, I mean, he was a single guy and he was also really involved with the big brothers program. And he was abusing the kids in the Big Brothers program. So he wasn't like abusing kids at boys at Berman, but he was he was like Big Brother of the Year. He like went to the White House Christmas tree lighting with his like little brothers. So it was like a horrible, tragic thing. But then he fled and he ended up on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitive list. Like while my classmates and I were all like awaiting our college decisions with glowing recommendations from him. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, that was, that's yeah. so funny. And then he ended up turning him, but it was like in the New York Times. It was like, it was it was a lot more than local news. And then he ended up like turning himself in a couple weeks later. And then, you know, he ended up going to prison and stuff like that. Like every night on the local news, it was like Rabbi Altschul being interviewed or like whoever the president of the school was at the time. And it was like, it's really tough. but, but the, the silver lining was it happened just a couple of weeks before Purim. So we had awesome spiel material. Oh no. This is oh, before no. spiel was canceled and, you know, sent off campus. And so, you know, like we had an application for a principal that we handed out to everybody and, you know, we, we, we were, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> I can pinpoint the exact moment in this recording when Jacob remembered that this is going to be publicly available. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's certainly a good one. I guess, uh, my last question, if you are going on a second date and I know it's been a minute, Jacob, since you've been on a second date. Which is why we're asking you this many question. Second dates. Um, what message does it send if you go to dinner on the second date? Fine. 
That's all. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. What? Like, what did you do on the first date? We got drinks. It was a great time. We had sake shots. That's good, but it's also been like it's also been like two months since this first date. It's been three weeks. Dinner is like a very normal thing, at least like you know back when I was like in your gimmel. I (laughs) (laughs) like I wouldn't go to like a fancy, super fancy restaurant, but like going out to dinner is like a normal thing. I agree projecting any is someone fighting you on it who's fighting you on it (laughs) thank you for asking farmer abe has been giving me a hard time because i he was like did you already say that you should go to dinner i was like yeah we made this plan like a couple days ago and i was asking him like where where should go and he was like oh i never do dinner before the third date sends too strong a message and i was just like what? That you're like a human with a stomach who likes to eat? <laughs> yeah, and like I'm in New York for like a limited amount of time, hopefully, and like I might as well try out the places. And so we're going to this dairy place on the east side tomorrow night, and uh, and fucking Avi's like, I don't know, like it's too, it's too much. And then our buddy Cal, who's like supremely normal, says, I don't know, sometimes when I'm feeling, I go on dates uh, for dinner for the first date. And Avi's like, that's terrible. He's I've gone on plenty of first dates where, where you have to. Uh, does Avi just not want to spend money? Avi loves spending money. Loves spending money. No, Avi just has rules. Avi's favorite thing in the world is following rules and then eventually pretending like he never had those rules at all. (laughs) Now he's gonna be real pissed that I said that publicly, but it is true. It's the it's the it's the core of modern Orthodox Judaism. So it's a first off, great call. Second off, look no further. Okay, so I'll end with the the Gabe and Abe story. So Gavi goes to. Uh, his now wife Sarah's uh, mom's house for the first time and because Sarah's a good hang she says to her family her her mom and her siblings hey guys Gavi's gonna be really nervous it would be really kind of you guys to call him Gabe he's gonna introduce himself as Gavi but everybody calls him Gabe please just do that for me and she didn't say anything to Gavi knowing that he was gonna be so nervous that he wouldn't correct them and so the whole weekend they called him Gabe and it let it happen and then months later she tells us that she's done this and we were like you've been holding out on us and so we started all calling him Gabe to this day and and then quickly when when we have a friend named Gavi and we've been calling him Gabe and we have a friend named Avi whose name is literally Gavi without the G we call them Abe, which is Gabe without the G. Well, I also want to give credit. Joey Rubenstein is the one who cracked that. Good for Joey. Good for us. Honestly, we we are indebted to Joey for that joke because it's given us content for literally a decade. Oh, it's good. And it's like, you know, kind of, you know, advanced spoonerism. But the best part was when it happened, Avi was like, oh, no, it's definitely not the same thing. And we're like, it's exactly the same. It was very weird that that wasn't It's not the same thing. And then like three years later, he was like, I mean, Abe is so funny. It's the same thing. Gabe and Abe and Avi and Gavi. Isn't it funny? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Not even sure how we got here, but I'm fine with this. Oh, yeah, yeah, the dinner. So anyway, wish me luck. I've got a date tomorrow night. Scab, man. Watch, it's this is either not gonna last or gonna last, and she's gonna come across this podcast and she'd be like, You fucking dick. <laughs> she's gonna listen all the way back then. You never know. You literally never you, you never know. You never know. You know what kind of summer it is, Joey. I'm not gonna say that here, but you know. Jacob knows too. It's cuffing summer. It's not cuffing summer, Joey. <laughs> it's cuffing summer. <laughs> it's cuffing summer. 
Uh, Jacob, do you have any parting words for the Kumfuful podcast? I, I know. I, yeah, it's just enjoyable. I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you do this, and uh, I don't know how different Kent Mill is. I don't know. I always used to think of it as like a place where no one gave a shit about like what I wear, what I drive, and what house I live in, and I, in my own kind of. Uh, I don't know, denial way. That's what I still think of it as, even though I know I'm like oh, Jacob, surrounded no, 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 by no, no, people. No. Kent, Mill, Kent Mill is so much more accepting of shorts and a t-shirt on Shabbos than it used to be. You know what I would have given for Kent Mill to be accepting of shorts and a t-shirt on Shabbos when I was a young kid? You know what I would have given? <laughs> I don't know either, but I would have enjoyed it. You would have paid Potomac realty prices? No, no, I would not have. <laughs> that's what oh, the price man. would have been. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's, that's, that's fair enough. Joe, you got any parting words? No man, just do the shouts. Let's uh, let, let's say shout out to Rabbi Alchul. I guess I feel like this has very been a very pro Alchul podcast. Shouts to Beer. Shouts to Strategy. Shouts to the um, Student Council President. Shouts to Jacob Lift, of course. Shouts to the Lost Prince of Kent Mill. Um, who else? Who else are we missing? Shout uh, at Jerry's Familia. Shout at um, Deer. That that, that right. principal. Shout at Deer. Um, sh- no, shoot at Deer. <laughs> <laughs> and yours, Keiko. That's right. No, no, we're pro. We're pro. We're pro names like that. Uh, um, anti-Semitism is out of it's out of vogue this week. But it's in vogue in the Jewish community. Like you know, like being be, like making jokes about how Heshi, uh, what's his name from Brooklyn, is like a bad look for us is really funny. Anyway, uh, that's that. We've got this is going to be the next episode that comes out, um, and uh, we've got a, a really exciting uh, special episode coming to you soon after this one. I'm working on it. It's on. It's on the way. Uh, you've requested it. I'm bringing it just slowly because it's been a busy time and my back hurts. So I'm trying to focus on that. Plus, I created more work for you this episode with it. You're damn straight you created more. But honestly, the fact that you like recorded it separately is actually quite nice. I'm going to cut this out so that people don't know. But thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on the podcast. This is the Kumfuful Podcast. We'll see you next time. Five stars and kind words. That's all we ask for. Let's hit 100 ratings and reviews. What do you say, Joey? Uh, we could get an episode with 100 listens first. I mean, like we have a... <laughs> We're on the way. We're on the way. Shoot for the stars to land on the moon. Have a good summer, guys. All right, later. All right. It was like a thing. And then we'd go to my friend Jeff's house and eat Entenmann's. That was like Shabbos morning.